Welcome to the Espanol service at High Desert Word Center. Well, what do you think about that? Not bad for my habla usted, habla, hablo espanol un poquito. See? Okay, loosely translated. Hi, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to High Desert Word Center. Glad to see you. Whoopee. Hey, there's 30 other people in the other building going through membership classes. It's really awesome over there. So I'm excited about that. Praise the Lord. So let's see. Oh, we need to say our 
confession of America, huh? So let's stand up and let's do that. We're going to keep on top of this, amen, till, till America gets the message, right? Amen. All right. And we have part of that. We have part to play in that. Amen. We're part of the laborers. Okay. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. Praise God. Okay, so did anybody not get a 2024 calendar yet? Okay, can you ushers get, let's see, and we need Cindy and Sabine, anybody over here? Oh, and and, uh, and uh, Ernest over here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All over here, too. Just keep your hand way up in the air, okay? That way they don't have to sit here and look at your face and see. Let me see. Which ones are they? Over there, over here. Okay, all right. Also, while we're on the subject of passing stuff out, the January devotionals are back there on the info booth. This month it's called A Fresh Start God's Way. Good stuff, January devotional. It's also online, so if you don't like to have a hard copy, you can get it online, but I like hard copies, so, you know, whatever you need. All right. Okay, so once again, the carpet has just been cleaned. La, 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 la. How many remember the old yucky, nasty, tan-colored carpeting that we had? Oh, was it bad? It was bad used to be in here, and I thought, who in their right mind would pick that color for a church carpeting? But somebody did, and it was nasty as it could be, right, Susan? Nasty, nasty. So we all got together and got our money together and paid $16,000 to have all this carpet put in. So that's why it's kind of important that we keep it clean. Amen. We just had it cleaned again. So we are asking that you please do not bring food and drink unless it's water into this main part of the sanctuary. You can eat and drink in the coffee bar back there. And also we are asking that um, you don't sit in the coffee bar unless there's a genuine reason. We have a lady back there that that's, does sign for somebody, so that's important. Sometimes we have nursing mothers sit back there. Sometimes there's a genuine reason why people sit back there, but if you're just sitting back there to get out of sitting up here, that doesn't fly with the Lord. So please join us up here, amen, and be part of the service. All right, good deal. All right. Okay, young adults, how many in here are 18 to 25? <laughs> I know we still are in our minds, right? <laughs> Eight, if you're 18 to 25, Young Adults is kicking in again, and that is starting on January the 25th at 7 p.m. I don't know what day of the week that is, but it's a Thursday, okay, and they haven't chosen a spot to have that yet, so you will be informed, okay? That's a really important age group, okay? Young Adults, you really need to be gathering together and fellowshipping with one another and, uh, Breaking bread and word to together, okay? FPU, Financial Peace University, Dave Ramsey, is going to be starting Sunday night, uh, the 21st at 5.30. And you need to sign up at hdwc.org slash FPU. Pastor Josh and Julie teach that, along with Carl Smith, who helps them do that. And there is child care. 
So, you know, there's no excuse not to go, amen? And you will not be sorry. And if you, if you, if you sign up for this, you know, you pay the first time, you, you, you have the same uh, thing for the rest of your life. I mean, you can go to FPU as many times as you want to after that, and it won't cost you a cent. So, and it's nice to go for a refresher course. Very, very important that you get your finances in order. Because number one, finances is one of the main reasons that marriages get messed up is because everybody's fighting over money. But if you're on the same page with your finances and you're doing it God's way, this is God's way, then, um, you know, it's going to be good. And you're not going to be sweating, sweating, sweating. Oh, I'll tell you a story. Okay, you ready for this story? FPU will teach you how to have a savings account. And you say, a savings account? I can't even save a quarter. Well, you'll, you'll be surprised, okay? They will teach you how to do that, how to live within your means, how to not charge stuff and live with, with above your means and all this kind of stuff. So Pastor and I have this house out, out yonder there, and we have solar. Well, little did we, we're not supposed to have an electric bill, okay? So little did we know that in March... The solar thing that sends messages to uh, Southern California Edison went broke. We didn't know it until we get this $4,500 bill at the end of the year. And I told Pastor, I said, you know, I remember back in the day I would have been so shook up. It's Christmas time. What are we going to do? How are we going to supply for the kids? You know, blah, 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 blah. But because we have been taught how to have an emergency fund, it's not a problem. We got the cash. We just write out the check and send it to them and then get the thing fixed, you know, so that we don't have to pay this year a big electric bill. <laughs> so see, see, that's an example that I'm giving you. So you will learn to have an emergency fund. You will because you know, what if what happens if you need new tires? That's usually, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We need new tires. The tires are bald. There's wires sticking out of them. But if you have an emergency fund, you just go get your money out of your little emergency fund, and you go down there, and you buy your tires. Piece of cake. And you don't fret, and you don't stress, right? So that's why it's important to go to FPU. Did you like that promo, my dear lad? All right. Okay. Also, on uh, Sunday, the 28th of January, at the 10 a.m. service, are baby dedications. And so if you would like to dedicate your baby or your little children or your husband or whatever. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Aren't I naughty tonight? Um, sign up at the info booth, okay? <laughs> I'm doing good, huh, Billy? All right. Okay. Well, guess what time it is? It's happy time. So if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand. And our wonderful anointed ushers will be more than happy to serve you. Um, open up your Bibles. I'm going to look at two places tonight. Let's look at uh, um, Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. For one thing. And then we're going to flip over to Philippians. Malachi 3.8 says this, and I'm in the New King James. You all know the first part. Will a man rob God? Oh, that's, ooh, yet you have robbed me. But you say, where have we robbed you, God? And he answers back in tithes. What's that word in the middle? What's the word in the middle between and? So tithes means, and means in addition to tithes and offerings. Oh, boy. Okay, so flip over to Philippians 4, and I'm going to start reading to you in verse 15, and we're going to go down to 19. Let me say this first. I'm going to read 19 first. 19 says, My God shall supply all your need according
according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, I know believers from here all around America that go around quoting that verse, and they don't put one dime in the offering. So guess what? They cannot quote this scripture. They cannot claim this scripture because this scripture is conditional. If you do this, God will do that. So don't fool yourself. If you're not giving tithes and offerings, you cannot go around saying, Oh, my God's going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It ain't happening for you, honey, because you're not doing what God says to do. This is what he says to do. Look at verse 15. Now, this is Paul talking. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me conserving giving and receiving but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again aid once and again for my necessity, Paul says. Not that I seek a gift, but I seek the fruit that may abound to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Ephroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. That's his description of the offering that was brought to him. And then it says, and King James says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's if you're already a tither and you give offerings. Pastor wanted me to remind you that next Sunday is Mission Sunday. So that's a good place to put your offerings in. Let me tell you another place that you could put your offerings in, not your tithe. We're working on fix, building a children's wing out here. Why? Because we've got children coming out of our ears. We've got children shoved in every crook and cranny in every building we've got here, and we need to have one building. And so... It's not going to be inexpensive, okay? We've already got $10,500 in the account. It's going to cost anywhere probably around $785,000. Is that too big for God? No. And we're not getting out a loan for it. We're not putting this place, which is paid for, on uh, whatever that word is. What? You don't, you don't know? What is that word called? What? Attic. What? Collateral, yeah, yeah. They're not having this place for collateral, okay? So it's going to be cash building that building out there. So praise the Lord, amen. You can give into the children's fund. If you if you want to give an offering above your tithes, right on your envelope, children's wing. And we will put that those wonderful dollars, tens of thousands of dollars, whatever, it'll add up into the, that fund, okay? Isn't that wonderful news? Amen. It's going to be wonderful news. Okay. Well, let's stand up and say our financial faith confession, and then we'll turn this over to Pastor Josh, and we'll, we'll get on with the service, and Pastor's got an awesome message. I love to hear Pastor teach. He is so good, and you're so good, Dad. Okay, here we go. We, as we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you want, you can join us up front at the altar for worship. And let's all sing to the Lord together. The King of all creation.
and set aside his crown. I submit to the Father's love, descended from his throne above, the author of salvation, a giver of new life. Crucified to pay for sin Our righteousness is in the name of Jesus Every heart and tongue confess your name Above all names All things of this earth belong to you forever you will reign God of resurrection the conqueror of
preach and teach your word to equip your people for victorious Christian living. I thank you for that call in my life, how you give me the grace and the gift to teach the Bible where people can understand it and change their lives and live right. And Lord, for what you have me to teach tonight, I want to thank you for listening ears, open hearts, revelation knowledge from your word so people will be able to not only hear it, but to see it with the eyes of their faith, be able to apply it to their lives and be able to do all you have for them to do and fulfill your plan of purpose for their lives and for what you've called them to do in life. Thank you, Lord. Tonight is a change in many people's lives because they're going to understand things they've never understood before and they're going to be able to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You can be seated. Like Pastor Dave said this morning, we got a new temporary pulpit up here. And it's like a mechanic that's used the same toolbox for 30 years. Comes in, has got a different toolbox that has to figure out how to use this new toolbox. So I'm adjusting how to use this new thing up here. But anyway, tonight we're going to be teaching how to live and function in the realm of the Spirit. That's not spooky. It's just Christian living. How many know that you're a spirit being? That would one day, one day, whether you like it or not, your body's going to fall over and die. Hopefully you're going to be old when it happens and not sick. But when your body dies, it'll be buried. It'll be cremated. It'll stay on earth, but your spirit will come out. And your spirit will live forever and ever and ever and ever. 
And we're going to look at the Word of God tonight about how to live and function in the Spirit on earth because how many know that Jesus prayed, Thy will be done on earth, and it is in heaven? Amen. So you're going to learn how to function in heaven's things tonight on earth. But I want to show you some things out of the bookstore to help you, first of all. I'll keep on showing these. I think they're excellent. This is our January devotional, A Fresh Start God's Way. And these are free. Uh, I, I dictate them. This is Pastor Princeton, and then we have them in the bookstore for, for the information booth for free. And also online at hdwc.org on our website. They're on there, too, under, under the uh, link blog. But those are really excellent. They'll help you. They're simple like I teach, and they'll really help you in life to just every day get a fresh start with some little nuggets. And this, this one here is the Bible way to receive the Holy Spirit. The Bible way to receive the Holy Spirit. And uh, when you get born again, you're born of the Spirit and you've got the Holy Spirit. But God has an another another blessed addition to that called the baptism of the Holy Spirit all through the New Testament. Old Testament prophesies about it. And when you get baptized of the Holy Ghost in the Holy Spirit with an evidence of speaking in tongues, it helps you to understand the Bible a lot better. It gives you a level of strength that you don't have by being born again. Born again is the number one thing. You get born again, you go to heaven. But when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost to learn the ways of the Spirit, it'll help you navigate on this earth a whole lot better. And then here's another one called how you can be led by the Spirit of God. How you can be led by the Spirit of God. And I learned more out of books like this than I did in any Bible school I ever went to. You learn so much of the Bible through these books right here with your Bible open. How many have, have, have ever heard the verse, Romans 8, 14, for as many as you're led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. And, you know, something just to tell you about how faith works, which we're going to be getting into, if the Bible says you can be led by the Spirit of God, you don't have to, you don't have to beg God to lead you anymore. He said he will. You quit begging about things God said that he has for you, and that's what we're going to teach about tonight. You can start stepping into the realm of the Spirit and just doing what he said you can do. You can be led by the Spirit of God because God said that's His will. He wants you led by the Spirit of God. And when you're led by the Spirit of God, uh, sometimes it won't all be uh, easy. He'll lead you to places you don't want to go. He'll lead you to do things that you really don't want to do, to love people you don't want to love, to help people you don't want to help, and to take jobs that you really don't want to take. Because God has a plan and purpose for your life. And what I learned a long time ago, I can't hit too many bunny drills. I've got too much here to do. But uh, back in 1982, 83, I was still in trucking. I was on the midnight shift. And uh, we got married in 1982. I'd been on the trucking job since the 60s. And uh, things went bad back then in the economy, and I got bumped to the midnight shift off a daytime uh, driving a semi job, which I really loved. So I'm on the midnight shift. And on the midnight shift, we had a war of the radios going. We had this big dock, and they let people bring their own radios in. So outside one man, they had rock music, and they had weird stuff here, country music here, and I had the Bible on mine. And so they cranked theirs up, and I didn't realize what I was getting sucked into for a while. And so I couldn't hear what I was wanting to hear, so I'd crank mine up. And they cranked theirs up. And I got to, and we walked back and forth loading up trucks all night long, and I got to feel like it's at the carnival. You ever been to a carnival where they got all these booths and, you know, different things passing through? I thought, man, here it is, country music. Here it is, rock and roll, and here it is, Led Zeppelin. Just all this stuff going on, had it was pretty, pretty hard to function. Finally, I realized, man, th th this is a spiritual warfare here. This is not right. I can't, so I just 
took my radio down, took it home, thought, man, I am not going to put Jesus up here in a, in a flesh and blood warfare. And so I started praying for peace on the job so I could have peace in doing my job. And one night the Lord told me, he said, you're praying the wrong prayer. And I said, what? He said, you're praying the wrong prayer. Start praying for their hearts to be open to the gospel you've got to share. And when their hearts get open, and then you're able to have peace on there to be able to do what I've got you there to do, then you'll have peace in the rest of it. And so I began to pray for the men on the job there, and things began to come peaceful because he wanted an atmosphere there of love. He wanted a different atmosphere there. It sounds like Pastor David, our theme scripture, God always, always, always wants believers to have their spiritual antenna up and how to help people. And if you're praying the selfish prayer, how you can be blessed, then you're praying the wrong prayer. Amen. That's not in the notes. That's just there. But uh, I want you to open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to look at verse 6 through 8. Then I'll tell you how this sermon came about. How many know that the Samples family is a real family just like yours? That we just don't wake up every day, man, just singing, singing, praising to the Lord, just going around, just floating around in clouds and having a wonderful time and just getting up and looking at each other and saying, man, it's so nice to see you. Things are wonderful and things are well. Oh, I wonder how the children are doing. Well, we've got eight children all the way from 52 down to uh, about 34. And we have 25 grandchildren now. And all of our children are married and happily married. They're all doing well all around the country. But this week, I just, I just realized this week, as I was worshiping the Lord right here, what I'm going to say right now, while this, while this sermon come to pass tonight that I'm going to preach to you, because I think probably some of you are like me, you live in the real world. And you don't get to spend 16 hours a day, even if you're the preacher, 16 hours a day just praying and praising and reading the Bible and having a good time, no problems. Well, this week, Here's some of what my family went through this week. Got one family, one of our sons and his family are relocating from Georgia to Indiana, and they were going through things going on. Got another family relocating from Brooklyn to Barstow. They had things going on. Got another family, had some crisis going on that worked with all week long. Another family having, having, having a baby and us taking care of the one-year-old in our home for a few days. And, uh, you know, when you're... I don't want to, you know, how do you say old people? I said old people. You're not supposed to say that. We're old people. people. But, but more, more, more mature people. And we kind of said in our ways. And we have nice, lots of nice little antique type thing stuff everywhere. And you got a little one-year-old running around. And so we're guarding stuff and putting stuff up, trying to find where we put stuff up at. And then in the meantime, we're on the phone, got one moving from Georgia having problems. One moving from Brooklyn having problems. And another with a crisis having problems and working for all that. And so I wanted to get all week long to get this sermon for Sunday. And so finally, Saturday morning, I sit down, open my Bible, and when I sit down, I feel like everything's going. <laughs> <laughs> and so I begin to pray. And it, usually I get things done pretty quick in doing this. But it took me a couple hours just to get to where I was to hear what he had to say for tonight. And so as I wrote out what he had to say for tonight, I, was, what, I don't think about it because when I hear from God about what to preach, I just preach it. And so I was up here worshiping the Lord and think, wait, but they need to know what got this place in time so they can see how to apply it to their lives. 
with it not having all the super duper goosebumps that they'd like to have and all the chills up and down their back they'd like to have. And so I want you to look at Second Corinthians chapter 5 and keep in mind this is how to live and function in the realm of the Spirit. That's what I was doing. Saturday morning, I, 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 had, I had to tap into the place to where I could hear good. So Second Corinthians 5, verse 6 through 8, Therefore we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. Uh, Tom, if the volume gets louder, it's because this thing's kind of going to an angle. I have to go up like this to see it. But uh, it says while we're home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. What that means is this. Right now, everybody sitting in this room, you watch it online right there. We're, we're right now, we're living in our body, the spirit man, spirit woman. We're inside this body and we're absent from the Lord means we're not in heaven with him. And so he says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And I want you to see that there because that's what we're going to talk about for a few minutes. We walk by faith, not by sight. And then verse 8, we are confident. And I like it when Paul says we're confident. If somebody's confident of something, that means they know. Is anybody here confident about anything in life? you got confidence in it. Okay, well, he's telling you something he's confident about. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So he said when we're absent from the body, we'll be in the presence of the Lord. We'll be in heaven. But now because we're not in heaven, we're absent from the presence of the Lord and we're here. And he says while we're here, we're supposed to live by faith and not by sight. And so I think about Saturday when I was getting this together, that's what was going on. I had to tap in to the realm of the spirit, hear what he had. And because I had so many things on my family, that's, that's not even talking about the other thing Mrs. Pastor talked about, the solar crisis at our house and different things. That's just things you deal with. But you've got to learn, and I'm going to teach you, you've got to learn how to separate the two realms but yet still function in the realm of the spirit while you're doing the natural things. And so as born-again believers, we all believe that heaven and eternity are real forever. How many here believe that? Amen. See, we're believers, and we're confident like Paul was. We know that heaven is real. We know that eternity is forever, and that's why, that's why we can't get tangled up too much with all the cares and worries, crises, have money schemes and everything of life because one of these days we lay this body down and we lay this body down doesn't make any difference if you got a million dollars you owe a million dollars it matters no more hey man doesn't make any difference you got a brand new hundred thousand dollar car or if you're riding a bicycle none of that matters because you're leaving all that here and so he said we got to learn then we've got to learn then how to live by faith and not by sight and so between now and when we depart and move to heaven, we live in an earth suit governed. Now listen to this. Some of this, some of these things may be new to some of you. You've got to learn it. Governed, our earth suit is governed by its five physical senses. By our five physical senses, our earth suit is. By what we feel, see, smell, taste, touch, hear. That, that, that's how our physical body gets along in this realm right now. See, right now, my physical body it has my spirit. You don't see me, and I don't see you. You're inside of that suit you're in. And so right now, I'm communicating from my spirit through my mouth to your spiritual ears, your spiritual eyes, right to what's inside of you. That's what's inside of you. And so I'm communicating with you right now, spirit to spirit, by the Holy Spirit influencing me to what I say. Holy Spirit's influencing me, 
you've got the same Holy Spirit in you. So as I'm talking to you, I'm communicating spirit to spirit, and that's where we live. That's where we function from if we're going to live a successful life in the realm of the spirit. But we got an earth suit, and our earth suit has five physical senses. Our earth suit will tell us one thing. You look at, you look at the checking account, your earth suit's telling you maybe it doesn't look good, doesn't look good at all. But if you listen to your spirit man, your spirit man says, tithe, widows have it open, God rebukes the devourer, God supplies your need, and your spirit man has got to speak louder than your natural man. Amen. And lots of other things. I don't want to get ahead of myself this, but you've got to learn. You've got a spirit man, and you've got to learn how to listen to that spirit man and function by the spirit man. As far as our senses go, God gave us our physical senses, our emotions, everything for a reason. We need them. You know, I think, I think, I think about uh, funerals. Uh, praise God, Pastor Dave does pretty much all the funeral stuff we do around here now. But at funerals, it's kind of tough sometimes because a lot of crime stuff going on. There has to be. God gave people emotions as an outlet. Now, when you go through crisis, you got to be able to know how to use your emotions and let your emotions let loose everything that's in there. But then you cannot let the devil take you into overkill where your life's ruined for the next 40 years because you're crying all the time about somebody that moved. But they're from God. But you got to know how to let your emotions uh, be used how I intend them to and not let them rule you. You understand what I'm saying? We have emotions. We have senses for a reason. You know, I think about the, sen- the sense of touch. We've got to know that God gave us a sense of touch. Think about this. There's a, there's a burner on or something in your house and you didn't realize it was on. You go to touch it, you feel it before you get there. He gave you that. But you can't be ruled by touch. You've got to be able to be able to know it's there to help you. I think about smell. Sometimes you begin to, you might think, hey, you smell that. Is something burning? Hey, is there something burning in the house somewhere? Is there something burning? You, th- those, those are things for the physical realm, but we've got to be able to understand those are there for this physical realm, but we're the spirit beat on the inside, and we've got to be able to function from the inside out at the same time, recognize how to get along with the outside. Is that too complicated for anybody? No, it's real. We're spirit beings. And I just, I, I just think again about, about the dying thing. Dying is not a something to be afraid of. Paul said right here, he said, he said, we're willing to be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. How many, how many are looking forward to the day you get to be present with the Lord? Hey, hey man, and I think about that, but God promised us long life too. And long life down here on earth, if you live to be a hundred years old, old, eternity has no time. You can't say eternity is a million years because it's not. You can't say it's a billion years because it's not. It's forever and ever and ever and ever. So however old you live to be down here, it's nothing compared to there. But the older I get, the more I realize I want to stay as long as I can, strong spiritually, strong mentally, healthy physically, sharp, able to help people. I love to be able to be around young people, my grandkids, my kids, you and all of you, because Somebody gets to be my age and know the things about God that I know. More comes out of me on accident than some people ever learn. Just, I, you know, people like me, and I'm not bragging on me because a lot of you are like me. When you are so serious about Jesus, you're full of the Word, you're full of the Spirit, got lots of life experiences, you're like a sponge. Wherever you're full of, it squeezes out. And so we want to live a long time. We want to be with Jesus, just not right now. Hey, man, does this make sense to you? But we've got to keep on doing what we know to do to learn and to grow in the spirit. 
And so in, in, in tonight, the whole goal is to teach you how to walk by faith and not by sight. And another way I like to say that is to walk, to live by the word, not by your emotions, not by your feelings. You can't live by how you feel. Yesterday, I felt like C-R-A-P. But I was able to get the presence of the Lord by fellowship with him, talking to him, going over life and thanking him about victories, about what he's doing, my family, all those different ones doing things, thinking about church things going on. We got a transition going on, getting ready to start another place where we're doing it, working over there, thinking about things like that. I began to fellowship with the Lord, and all of a sudden, on the inside of my spirit, this message starts bubbling up. It starts coming out of there. Because I was able to get the outward man, the feeling part, shut down so the inward man could rise up and say what the Holy Spirit wanted to say tonight. I want to say that again. You've got to be able, when you're having a rough time in life, not that you're in sin, not that you're doing anything wrong, you just get overwhelmed. When you got all these grown kids like we got all these families, you don't ignore them. Amen. And then you got a church and lots of people that you're helping in the church, you don't ignore them. You got to be able to do both things. You got to be able to be a person that can walk with Jesus whether you feel like it or not. That's walking by faith. You got to be able to function without backsliding if you get knocked around for a few days and aren't able to be on your knees in your prayer closet. You got to be able to stay saved and not go backwards. You understand what I'm saying? We're talking about, we're talking about living and functioning in the realm of the Spirit. And so, in my Bible, I always write things like this by this verse. I live by the word, not by my senses. That's how you walk by faith. How does faith come? By hearing the word of God. And, and we're supposed to be doers of the word, not hearers only. So if you're walking by faith, you're walking by the word. And what that means real simply, you get this into your heart and you get your mind renewed to the word of God. And whether you feel like it or not, the Bible says it, you do it. If you're having a bad day, a bad week, a bad month, a bad season, you do not throw away Bible principles. You keep on doing what the Bible says to do. You don't feel like it, like that song we sing all the time, even if I don't see it, it's working. Even if I don't know it, I don't feel it, it's working. That's how you live because you get this in you so much. And so my Bible, I write, I live by the word, not by, our sen not by my senses. We live in a function of two worlds. Our spirit is the real person. Get that into your heart. Your spirit is the real person. And this is so real to me. I want to be able to teach it and make it real to you. You've never seen me yet. I've never seen you yet. I see the windows you look through. I'm looking through my windows at you. But when this body dies, these windows lay down. But my spiritual eyes, spiritual ears, we're still here. Except I go up out of here, I go to heaven because I'm born again. Amen. People that are not born again, they don't go up, they go down. And read Luke, read Luke chapter, chapter 16 sometimes, story of the rich man and Lazarus. You'll find out that when Lazarus came out, uh, his body says he went to Abraham's bosom. When the rich man came out, says he went down. And he went down, he cried out because he felt the heat. He cried out because he could see. It was a horrible place to be, and he didn't want to be there. So you got spiritual eyes, and Jesus always said, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And so we have to understand that we, as born-again believers, 
are the real us, not this outside person. Amen. And I found out something too that uh, it's just a fact of life. And uh, I'm heavier than I want to be. I'm not knocking anybody's health. But the more you take care of this physical body, the more effective you're going to be for Jesus in this world. And so sometimes I know there's different foods that I got older that I don't eat now because they affect me wrong. I use my faith and I do things, but there's things you've got to do because I found out your body's like your car. Your car gets a blown engine, you're walking again. Your, your body gets hit really bad with things that you could have prevented that you're not going to be very effective. Amen. That's not being me. That's just this is one of those old man nuggets I've learned in life that we've got to learn to take care of ourselves. You know, I remember before I was born again, I was a drinker. Wasn't much of a doper, just a little bit of marijuana. We wasn't big on that back in the Midwest, but a little bit. Not much, just a little bit. But anyway, the things that I did, I know this, that uh, sometimes if I woke up a place I didn't want to be and wonder how I got there, I wasn't very effective in life. You know, the few times they ended up in jail, I wasn't there much, just a little bit. But anyway, no, I'm just saying the reason being, my body was impaired. And I couldn't do much for anybody, even as a sinner, because my body was out of shape because I abused it with some alcohol and things. And so you've got to know your body's real, but your spirit's more real. So we've got to learn that we're functioning in two different realms. And so our body is temporary, but our spirit's eternal. And so our body has to function here, but our born-again spirit is our eternal being. And so we've got to operate in the spiritual world at the same time we're living in the physical world, but our spirit man has got to dominate and govern our decisions. Our spirit man is supposed to control our physical body and things in our home and our realm of influence everywhere we go. And I think about, think about this. Well, that doc, I hadn't thought about that story for 40 years probably. You've got the radio story, man. I can see it now. Just how horrible it was. Walk 10 foot and you're back, you're back at Hank Williams' world. And then walk another 10 foot and you're hearing a preacher on the radio preaching the Bible. Walk another 10 foot and you're hearing Elvis. I mean, man, it was just one after another. But when I got a hold of stuff from the Holy Spirit and my spirit began to pray right and change it, my spirit, man, controlled the whole atmosphere of that job. Before I left that job, a few years later, I had led half the office people to the Lord. I had, I had the main boss called the terminal manager. He wasn't saved, but he's married to a Jewish woman. And he liked, he, he liked my Christian witness because people were getting saved left and right. Across the dock, had a Baptist lady in the office. I laid hands on her one day, started speaking in tongues, shut the office down. But back when the dock was, work was slow in trucking, we were doing it off at 5 o'clock, and I had people been at that job 20 years longer than me. There was no overtime. I never was an overtime person. They had to force me to work overtime. I hated overtime. I wanted to go home. But we'd be at the clock, get ready to clock out, and the boss lived in a, his, his, his office was glass all around it, and there was glass between us and the time clock, and had these old overtime hogs. They wanted all that overtime. He looked through that window there, and we'd look over there. He'd look at me like that. And everybody, and I'd go, like that. Said, Don't clock out. Come in here. And boy, these guys hated that. They thought I was in their brown nose and trying to get points with the boss. He called me in there, and on overtime, he talked to me for an hour sometimes, asking me Christian questions. 
He wasn't born again, but his wife was a Jewish lady, and he wanted to be able to talk to her from the New Testament about Jesus, but he didn't want born again yet. And so on overtime, I got paid where there was no overtime. I got paid to go back there because God through me was starting to control that company from where we were. And then another thing for a long story short, uh, they were going to close that terminal. And because of me being there, God had that as my, my, my headquarters, my missions ministry at the time. They ended up not closed it, but hired about four times more people than they ever had. And it kept going. But the whole reason being, whole reason being, I controlled the spiritual atmosphere of that company from where I was. I could have got mad at all the heathen there and the horrible things they were doing and listening to and what they were doing. I didn't get mad. I got in the realm of the Spirit and found out what God wanted to do. He said, stop it. Pray for them. Believe for open doors. And so time and time and time again, these guys would come to me with their problems. I'd lead them to Jesus. I can't tell you how many times those mean guys, some of them are some mean dudes, they, well, matter of fact, another, another story. If I don't get to this, I'm going to be mad at me. I had, I had a guy that was old enough to be my dad, but he, he used to be a really, really, really bad guy. I mean, mean guy. He was a, he was a, he was a bouncer in a nightclub. He told me some of the stuff, you know, when I was center with him that he used to do, how people got in trouble there. He, he'd get them out of there real quick and real easy. If they had a gun, he, he could get their gun away from them and hurt them. But what, what, what I got, when I got bored again, he came up to me and told me with some really, really nice words that we never say. To stay the blankety blank the blank away from him. Don't be bringing that religion around him. Stay away from him. He didn't want me around him anymore. But the thing about it, a year before that, I lived with him. We were boozing buddies. I got bored again, and he totally turned on me. Well, about probably about a year later, he 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 was a union steward there. About a year later, uh, he came to me. Wanted to know if I come and pray for his living girlfriend. He had a, he had a shop that was separate from the church. And he worked. He had diesel mechanics work for him, so he was always making money doing something. And so he wanted to know. He One day he told the guys in there, he said, uh, I heard the Bernie Hills people, and my girl, my girlfriend's real sick. And so she was down at his truck place where he had. I walked inside this great big building. It was a lot bigger than this building. It had semi-tractors in there and mechanics everywhere. We're walking in there. And I said, where is she? She said, she's in the office. So I went back there, and all these guys in coveralls and everything, trucks running there, working on stuff. Everybody kind of quieted down. They watched what we were doing. Went back to the office, and his girlfriend was there. She had something she'd had since she'd been a little girl. She was like in her 50s. And so I said, well, can I pray for you now? She said, yeah. I said, well, could you get up to the desk and walk over here? I said, I'd like to lay my hands on you. I said, that's what I do. I lay hands on people. So when I went to lay hands on her. I got about as, about, about, about as close to Trinity right now. I got about right here. She stand up. She started falling out. And I tried to get to her. She started falling out. A couple of mechanics came running over like they've been trained to be ushers. They, run, they got behind her like that to catch her. True story. And this is a guy that cussed me out a year before and told me, I want nothing to do with you. You blank, you blank, you blank. You're a religious nut now. And I don't just stay the blank away from me. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to my friends. Stay away from me. But then... She started going out, and then about two or three days later in the break room, all the guys are there. We're in the morning time having our coffee in the break room. He comes in. He said, Bertie Hill, my girlfriend. Well, they got married about a month later too then. Then he'd become a deacon of the Assembly of God Church. But the whole thing was what I'm telling you, 
see, these, these things aren't planned. They're coming out. And I got so much other I want to tell you. But I live this way. This is where I live at. I have for almost 44 years now. And so we are to control the atmosphere around us, the spiritual atmosphere. Our spirit man is supposed to dominate this natural man. And as Pastor Dave said this morning, we, we, can't, we can't control the whole world, but we can control our part. We all have a designated territory. And your number, your number one thing, I call it my Garden of Eden, is your home, your family. My home is my Garden of Eden. I don't let the snake in. And, and something you men have got to learn. And I want to get back to this. You men have got to learn. You're Adam. Your wife's your Eve. And if you don't have your wife married to you yet, there are lots of weddings going on the next month or two. Get married. If she's going to be your mate, get married. But anyway, you are the one. The Bible says your wife is the weaker vessel. But that's not about physically because you have some very spiritual wives. But the whole thing is... You are the one that has to tell the snake he comes in, try to manipulate your wife and ruin your home. You got to say, not devil in the name of Jesus. We're not going to bite the fruit. We're not, we're not going for it. Amen. You've got to do that. That stuff's all free. As I said, you get around old guys have been around for a while. Things are in them. They don't even know they've got. They just start coming out. And by the way, that man, that man I've talked to you about, I, uh, I went to his funeral. I went, flew back to Indiana just for a funeral about four or five years ago because kind of a really good friend, he and his wife, and it was really, really awesome. But if I hadn't known how to navigate the realm of the spirit, that could have very, been a very bad ending for him. Amen. And so the spiritual, I like, I like to say this, and you probably heard me say it, and I, I think you're going to be able to see more why so. The spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. The spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. And so tonight we're, go- we're going to dig into this a little bit. I want you to look at Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. And I'm just sitting up right now where I want to end up at. But you've got to see these verses because maybe you've never seen these. And if you have seen them, they need to become real to you. I know that years ago I studied under a man and... Uh, I learned something from him, and I'm just, you know, like I said, you go this many years, you learn a lot of things that you, you forget about that when you're in the anointing, they come out. But he had a great book called Two Kinds of Knowledge. There's sense knowledge and revelation knowledge. And the majority of Christians live by sense knowledge. The revelation knowledge is what we're actually going to be talking about in the realm of the Spirit is things that the Spirit reveals to you from the Word of God. How many have ever just known that you know that you know that you know? Well, the Bible calls that revelation knowledge. Something's been revealed through the Spirit. And I'm not talking about goofy stuff, weird stuff. There's so many weird flakes out there that think God told them something that it wasn't God, it was the devil because it's not agreeing with the Word of God. But when you study the Word of God... You sit under the Word of God multiple times a week like we do here. You hang around people that their biggest desire in life is to please Jesus and to share the scriptures they learn. And then all of a sudden, some of the things like what I've learned, a lot of people in my realm of influence have learned a lot of what I've learned because they said under me, let me teach them. Well, see, when it gets to where it's not just something I've taught, but it's revealed to you, then it's revelation knowledge because it's real to you like it is to me that it begins to change your life. You know, example... Like the sickness attack I went through the last few years. I mean, to me, it was real about healing. 
So when I got the blood cancer, I mean, we knocked it out, had the heart attack, knocked it out, had the stroke, knocked it out, knocked those things out. It wasn't because I was lucky. It's because Jesus, as my Lord and healer, is real to me. He's revealed to me from the Word of God. And so I had no doubts what the outcome was because it's real to me. And that's, that's, that's where I live as to help you learn what I've learned. And so Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21 says this, knowing this, there's something you're supposed to know, that no prophecy of the scripture is in any private interpretation for the prophecy, talk about these words of the Bible, came not in old time by the will of man. Now this, this phrase right here is what you've got to get about the Bible that you study, the Bible you read. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. These things you read the Bible, there's a lot of time. times you'll hear, uh, I don't know what to call them except goofy people. Goofy people say, well, how do you know that some man wrote that Bible? Duh. Some man wrote that Bible, but it was holy men of God who wrote it as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And hopefully, when I'm up here teaching the Word of God or anybody you listen to, they're a holy man of God moved by the Holy Ghost when they're talking to you. Because things that come out of holy men of God moved by the Holy Ghost are aimed at the people that are there in His presence or the one watching online now are the things that you need to hear. And so as long as they're in line with the Word of God, you got to recognize that's God talking to me right now. And no way, shape, or form did I say I'm God. But the Bible says holy men of God speak as they're moved by the Holy Ghost. And so uh, you need the revelation in your heart that you can't just pick and choose what part of the Bible you believe. When God talks about tithing, that's just as important as talking about healing, talking about marriage, talking about living right or anything else. God spoke those things to us to help us. And I want you to see that. Look at 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17. And when I was with the Holy Ghost yesterday morning, he had me to share these things to set you up for where I've taken you. You've got to get the revelation that the Word of God is the Word of God. It did come from God. And if you receive it as that, it'll start becoming real to you. It'll start becoming revelation to you that God's talking to you. Second Timothy 3.16 and 17. I want to give you a chance to look at that. It says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Some translators say it's God-breathed. This is God inspired these men to write these words. Well, I wonder why. Okay, this inspired scripture is profitable for doctrine. It'll teach you not to be goofy in what you think. Do you know there's a lot of, a lot of religious people out there that don't even read, read their Bibles, yet they're trying to tell you how to live? I think about, you know, if this, if this offends somebody, then you need it. But I think about over the years... When I used to be out around a lot of places, trucking and stuff like that, I'd run across goofy religious Christians, or I hope they were Christians, say stuff like, oh, I just know God has a special call in my life. Yeah, I heard that so many times, that about makes me vomit. You got a special call in my life. 
He's got a special call in everybody's life. You've all got a special call. There's nobody in this room that can do what needs to be done in your realm of influence but you. And then this one, I hate this one. Oh, God spared my life for a reason. Yeah, he wants you to straighten up. Or, or here, 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 here is my favorite. Well, there's just a reason for everything. Oh, you know, there's a reason. That happened for a reason. And, you know, I like to say to him, shut up. But, you know, I usually say to him, nothing. I just walk away. And then I quote John 10, 10. Here's the reason. The thief cometh not more to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Well, you know, that bad thing happened, that family, it happened for a reason. Yeah, the thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and destroy. I've come they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. God didn't do it. The thief did it. And that's why there's churches like ours to teach you how to take care of the thief in your family, to keep the devil out. That's why we're here to teach you. And so those religious things, religious things can be changed. It says right here that this word is inspired by God so you won't be goofy. Maybe clap if you want to. It's probable for doctrine, for reproof, for reproof. And I remember years ago when I was studying this, that reproof, have you ever heard the expression proofreading? You know, a lot of times in our office, the things we do, I'm not involved there much now, but we always tried to make sure that everything we printed for the public was proofread by at least two or three people. Because when you proofread it, you're going to catch something you didn't catch before. And so, and so reproof means God wants to prove you again and again and again. Have you ever noticed the things you go through in life sometimes, the next time you go through, you do a little better? You're being reproved. You're being reproofed. Next time, a little bit better. And it gets to where, like Mrs. Pastor said, got hit with a, actually it's $4,753. <laughs> I'm the one who pays the bills. And so get hit, get hit with a bill like that at the end of the year and then have to get the equipment things fixed too. No big deal. And then had somebody else had a crisis and be able to help them with a good sum of money too because we've got the place where we're not shook anymore. We've been proved and proved and proved and know what to do to go. But that's what it says. The word of God will do that for you as God breathed. It's inspired. It'll reprove you. And so if you want to be, he said this to me, he said, if you want to improve, you got to be reproved. Reproof. And then for correction, for correction, for correction. Nobody likes to be correction, uh, be corrected. But I think, I think of this, I was in Kiev, Ukraine years ago. How many ever heard of Ukraine? I was staying in downtown Kiev at a, about the, I think it was about the eighth floor of a hotel down. It's probably not there now. But I was, I was there and I was teaching about 500 leaders from the uh, Balkans, from the people. The Iron Curtain had just fell and I was there for, uh, for an interp- inter- interpreter's co- conference. And so there's people there who wanted to learn to be Bible interpreters. They wanted to learn English. So they had us English-speaking preachers over there teaching sessions every day about leadership and about things. And the Lord gave me a word one morning. He said, tell them this morning if they want to receive direction, because those people, I mean, it's a whole different world over there. KGB and all the things that our room was at, the Iron Curtain was gone, but we couldn't even have a key to our room. Had these two old 
I don't know what to call them, man. These are mean-looking ladies. They were KGB. And then we had doors in both, both ends of the hallway, and they both had a desk there. We had to sign our key in, and we had to sign to get it out just to go to our room. And I could tell every day our room was searched. But uh, anyway, that was a bad, bad atmosphere. Those people over there lived like that. But the Lord told me, said, you tell those people this morning, if they want to see, receive direction, they first got to receive correction. Some of you need to write that one down. If you want to see direction, you first got to see receive correction. Think about an airplane. If an airplane wants to go the right direction, he's got to listen to the patrol car people talk to him because if he doesn't, if he doesn't receive correction, he's going to be going in the wrong direction. And your life right now, some of you right now may be looking at some things. You're trying to figure out what's going on. I need direction. Well, maybe tonight you're receiving correction. Amen. Amen. Is everybody still awake? Yeah, yeah. I hope not unloading too much too fast. But anyway, and then here's some more purpose of the Word of God for correction, for instruction in righteousness. For instruction in righteousness. And can I tell you uh, something that happened in this church in the last couple months? Some people got some instruction in what God thinks is right about sexual relationships and living together in marriage. Some people need to receive that, and they're very happy they received that and got that together, but it says the Word of God is inspired by God, and we need instructions how to live right. I remember, you know, when you live this long, you got stories. But when I was on the truck dock, man, everybody stole from the company. Have you ever been a sinner? You probably stole things from your company. But we had... Back then, everybody know what duct tape is? Well, we had damaged boxes of goods. We had cases of duct tape there, and you taped them up before you gave them the customers so the boxes would be in shape. Man, everybody stuck some under their coat, took it home. Well, before I got saved, I had a roll of duct tape I took home. And I had it lay there by working area like that. I got bored again, and every day that thing hollered at me. I'd walk past, and that thing jumped off there, because I read the Bible at him that stole still no more. <laughs> Thou shalt not steal. I saw those things. When I was a sinner, none of that meant anything to me. I saw those. And man, for probably, I don't know, it wasn't very long because I was a baby Christian. I thought, well, I want to throw this away. I can't look at it. I'd pick it up to throw it in the trash. I couldn't. But him that stole still no more. And so one day, one day, I stuck it back under my jacket. I went into the job there. Yeah, but nobody's looking. I, just, I put it back. And then the thing was, though, not too long before that, they changed, they changed suppliers. We didn't have that kind of tape anymore. Hadn't had it for a while. The guys walked in. Hey, you see that? Look, hey, there's real great tape out there. Where'd that come from? And, you know, I just... <laughs> and so what am I saying? The Bible is written to instruct us what's right. And here's what I've learned. It also says in Ephesians 4.30, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. If God shows you something's wrong and wants you to do it right, don't try to do it right your way, which me would have been thought to think the trash can, because this is embarrassing. Take that back and give it back to him. He wanted me to do it his way. It was stolen from them, so I had to give back to them, not the trash can. That was still stealing. So we're seeing some of the purposes of the Word of God. Is this helping anybody see that? 
instruction of the righteous. Why is that? That the man of the God may be mature, thoroughly furnished, thoroughly equipped at our good works. And so the word of God is inspired by the Holy Ghost, spoke to holy men of God. The word of God is given to equip us, to help us to mature. He wants us thoroughly equipped. And so I said all of that to teach you a prayer nugget, how I've prayed as long as I can remember, how I've always got good results because of what the Bible teaches. Amen. So all you got right now was just setting up for the clincher right here. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. And I can tell you what, you've already got your money's worth. You didn't pay for it, but you've already got, you already got more than you bargained for, didn't you? Uh, Robert, I've been with you. We're, we're, we're our 19th year now. Did you hear any stories you haven't heard yet? A couple. Good. <laughs> well, that's always good, but you can, the old timers hear some stories they haven't heard. Cindy, hear any new stories? Good. Okay. <laughs> My wife didn't. She's heard them all. She probably knows more than I did. Probably tell them better than me. <laughs> all right. Now, this here, uh, if you're kind of getting uh, blocked, mentally blocked something right now, shake yourself or something because I'm getting ready to set you up now for what we've been headed for. I really wanted you to see how valuable the Word of God was. We know that in a church like this. To see how serious this is, God talking to you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is where I live. Here is where I pray. Here's where I receive from. It says, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Has, past tense, past tense, already done all he's going to do. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. And I want to say again what you hear me say all the time, because this is real to me and I live this way. The spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. Now notice this. God said, and I circled this word hath, which is has. God says he has, past tense, already blessed me with everything I will ever need to enjoy heavy's blessings while on earth. He's already done it. He's already done it. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna read a statement to you verbatim how the Holy Ghost gave it to me years and years and years ago. I carried in my Bible. It's real to me. Here's how I live. And that's why so many times and the older I get the more bold I am with helping you. There's been so many times in the last couple months I'll be having just the little chit-chats we have, you know, at the door, or talking, we'll stand around talking like that, and one of you will be saying something, I said, you're going in, and I'll stop you right there and say, wait a minute, stop. Did you hear what you just said? Oh, oh, I said I'll never have it. i got to stop that because I want to have it. If I say, well, this is always going to happen, then it's always going to happen. I've got to correct myself. And so we have to know what I'm getting ready to tell you. This is how real it is. And I, would, I just want to read it exactly how he gave it to me years ago. He said, and I, I had a car that he worked on. Has anybody ever heard of the word serpentine belt? Okay, I've 
I'm not even a shade tree mechanic, but I can do little stuff. But I don't, the older I get, the less I do because I don't have to. Now I can pay for it if somebody does it for me. But anyway, I need a serpentine belt put on my car. And uh, I've just, the Lord spoke this to me about the spiritual realm, how it works with this verse right here. Keep it in mind, he said, he's already blessed us with everything we need. Can you see that? He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. Holy Ghost said to me, if you already have a serpentine belt, but are praying for God to give you one, then you're praying the wrong prayer. I had the serpentine belt. Why would I pray for a serpentine belt? I didn't need it. By his stripes, I was healed. My God supplied all of my needs. He's already delivered me from authority of darkness. He's already done those things. He's already given those to me. That, that, that's what we're going to look at in a minute. He says, you're praying the wrong prayer if you're asking for one. I mean, I'm sitting there looking at my car. I got the part right there. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be so stupid to be praying? Oh, Lord, oh, give me a serpentine belt. Oh, please, Jesus, give me a serpentine belt. Lord, I need a serpentine belt. Well, when I see people that are having a healing problem, a financial problem, need delivered from uh, drugs, alcohol, and other things like that. I'm talking about Christian people, because sinners don't know anything about it, that are begging over and over and over again. Oh, Jesus, please heal my son. Please heal my son. Please heal my son. Oh, Lord, Lord, please give us that car. Please give us that car. Please give us that car. Or whatever it is, he says he's already done all he's going to do. But you're asking him to do something he said he's already done. Now, I'm getting ready to give you the answer. I just see all across here, I see the faces. And think about that. Well, what do I do then? If I don't do that, what do I do? I'm glad you asked that. Come back next week for part two. (laughs) And so he said, if I had the serpentine belt and I keep praying for it, it's the wrong prayer. Can you see that would be the wrong prayer? I mean... That would be like you sitting here with a pile of money on your lap and you have a need to be met, a little $10 need. Oh, Lord, please, please meet that need. I'm looking at you like that. I think, man, this lady's loony. She got all this money as she's praying for God, give me money, give me money. And she got all this money. Well, that's how Christians look in the spirit. When the Lord's already done what he's going to do. And so that's why I send you to a church like this to teach you the Bible so you know what to do so you get what you need manifested. Amen. And so listen to this now, what he told me. It's so simple. He said, you're praying the wrong prayer. You need to pray. Now here's how he said, here's how he said you need to pray. And this is how I do pray. You need to pray for him to send someone to show you how to put it on. What am I doing right now? I'm showing you how to pray. I'm showing you how to get what you need. He said you need to pray for someone to show you how to put it on or to put it on for you. You need healing. I can teach you how, but also I can put it on for you till you learn how. You come up here, we can get the hands on you, and we get the anointing to you because by his stripes you were healed. And I know that sounds like a foreign language to most Christians, but that's what God said. Inspired by God. Holy bit of God spoke is inspired by the Holy Ghost and it's New Testament, Old Testament, Pastor Dave's part, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, by his wounds we were healed. And that was 750 years before Christ. We were, and so your serpentine belt was given to you 750 years before Jesus was born. You just don't know how to put it on. 
Amen. And so he says, you need, you need to pray for somebody to show you how to put it on, put it on for you. Or in modern times, we can go online or watch YouTube about an auto repair manual and we can learn how to put it on ourselves. Are you seeing some of what I'm saying? He says he's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Would you say that born again is a spiritual blessing? Yes. Amen. Well, how'd you learn to get born again? The word of God, heard it preached, heard it taught. God so loved the world, gave his only begotten son. Whosoever called upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, would you say that healing is a spiritual blessing? It manifested your physical body, but where do you live? Your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost lives in the temple. And so if you need healing in your body, you've got to talk to heaven so you can put on what's in you already, the healing of God. Amen? Amen, amen. And so anyway, too many Christians, because of lack of teaching and lack of understanding of God's Word, continue to pray the wrong prayers and very seldom receive what Jesus has for them. He's already done it. He's already provided it. And uh, I, I, I'm going to go to some place in just a minute, but... Are you alert enough to receive some more? Because I know sometimes if you get go a little bit, you lose people. And so I've failed if I lose you before I get a little bit more into you. Okay, I want you to look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Keep it in mind, he's already blessed you with all spiritual blessings that are in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And if he already has, you need to quit being a beggar. Amen. You don't want to beg him for something he's done. Wouldn't that be terrible? I mean, I, I would not go to a church if I walked past the parking lot and I saw a goofy pastor there got a car part laying there to fix his car. Will you agree with me that God will give me my serpentine belt? And you see a box laying there that says made in China. No, it says serpentine belt made in China. And you see that serpentine belt laying there and you look at the pastor and you think, this guy's going to try to tell me how to live? He doesn't even know how to take care of his own car. He's got the part. He doesn't know what to do. But if the pastor would say, would you agree with me that the Lord will send me somebody to show me what to do with this and put it on? Well, see, that's where you are as believers. You are here not because you happen to be here by chance. You pray to know God better. You pray to have a better life, a life of faith, and learn how to live all God wants you to be. And so now you're here and somebody's showing you how to put all these blessings that God's given you already, showing you how. And so Colossians 1, verse 13, says this. Talking about Jesus, said he has delivered us. There's that word hath again, past tense. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Jesus has already delivered me from the authority of the devil. Where does addictions come from? Satan. Alcoholisms are a flesh thing. Drug addiction, pornography, just whatever addiction is people have that has a stronghold on them, it comes from the devil. As says, he has already, he's not going to, he has already delivered you. He's already given you your serpentine belt. He's given you your deliverance. But you need somebody to show you how to put it on. Amen. Or put it on for you. 
And so a lot of times when people come up and want deliverance from whatever it is, got a stronghold on them, we can put it on for them right now, get the hands on them, release the anointing of God, break the power of the devil, say, Satan, take your hands off this child of God. In Jesus' name, we release the anointing to get them free, but then it's up to them to keep it. But then at the same time, to teach you how to put it on, I teach it every time I preach. Well, you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. That's what Jesus said. You believe it, you confess it. Believe it, you confess it. Hold fast to your confession of faith without wavering, for he has promised. And I can give you all those addresses. But the thing is, that's the number one way you put on what he's given you. And so a lot of times for addictions, you need a point of contact. So somebody comes up and says, Pastor, I want you to lay hands on me that this, whatever it is, cigarettes, uh, alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, said, would you help me? I break the power of the devil over it. I said, now, I did my part, and God did his part, because he's faithful. You lay hands on him. said, we got to throw over the devil. I said, me and God did our part. Now, here's your part. Every time that temptation comes on you now, you open up this to Colossians 1.13, and you say, Father, I want to thank you. I've been delivered. You don't say, oh, please deliver me. Oh, please deliver me. He says, I have delivered you. That's how you put the part on the car. Thank you, Lord. You have delivered me. You have delivered me. Every time you're tempted to do whatever it is, and that thing comes grabbing on you, holding on you, it may be a food addiction. Whatever it is the devil's trying to use to destroy your life, you've got to make your mouth do its work. You've got to say it. You've got to say it. You've got to say it. And uh, that's how it works for everything. First Peter 2.24, I'll quote to you because we, you've heard it so many times, I'll quote it again. That by his stripes, ye were healed. By his stripes, ye were healed. I got one more place, but I'll turn just a minute. But how, how I've prayed for years and what I've done is this. Do you, how many here were in this church in 2017, 2018 when I had blood cancer? How many times did I ask you to pray for me? One time. And not all of you had about 17 or 18 elders at the time. And so I called them together over in Victory Hall for a meeting. And I told them, I said, guys, I have been diagnosed with blood cancer. They call it, they call it lymphoma or something, but it's blood cancer. And I said, 70, 70% of my blood is cancer. I've only got 30% real blood. And then she said, it's about hemoglobins or goblins or globins or something. But anyway, the globins and goblins and hemos were all messed up, and they were, they were going fast. And so I, I went to James chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, and I said this. It says, call for the elders of the church if you're sick. Let the elders pray over you, anointing of all the name of the Lord. And then God said this. He said, the prayer of faith will heal the sick. If he committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. So I said, elders, I'm the sick, you're the elders, and he's God. So when you pray the prayer of faith for me, he said he will heal the sick if the prayer of faith prayed. And by his stripes I was healed, and so I was putting the serpentine belt on the car right then. It was mine, but I had to do my part. So they prayed for me, and from that moment on, all I did every day, Father, I want to thank you. The elders prayed the prayer of faith for me, and I'm getting better every day. Every time I had a, a chemotherapy needle stuck in me, and that was not fun. Probably some of you may have been through that. I don't know. Every time I sat in that chair and those chemicals came into me, they were like fire. And I went through that all those times. 
and all the times that I went through so many things, my body went through so many different things going through that horrible season, I never prayed again for healing. Why is that? I already have my serpentine belt. What do I need it for? I did what the Bible said. And see, I hope this will come across real plain and not weird to you. But he said, the prayer of faith will heal the sick. And those words were inspired by holy men of God as they spake by the Holy Ghost for my correction, for my instruction, for helping me. And so I went through that for all those times. And all I ever said was, thank you, Lord. Prayer of faith worked. I'm getting better every day. Getting better every day. And then the midst of it, all of a sudden, serious heart attack. Doctor said I was a walking dead man. 99% of my right coronary artery was blocked. 99%. He said, you're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to be dead. So they did their part. God did his part. A couple weeks later, everything's just, whoo, been like ever since. But the whole thing was what I want to tell you. Here's what I want you to get. I never one time begged him to heal me. I did what the Bible said to do. The Bible is from heaven, inspired by holy men of God. God's the one that put those words in there. He said, when they pray the prayer of faith, anoint you of oil, he said, it will heal the sick. And so why should I go back? If he already said I had it, and ask him to do it again. I had great preachers in my realm of influence wanting to pray for me. We'd be at Dr. Barclay's church. They want to pray for me. I said, there's nothing to pray about. God told us what to do. I said, the elders, the Lord before, they prayed the prayer of faith. And God said, he healed the sick. And so it's working in my body. Thank you. And sometimes preachers got offended at me because they didn't understand the Bible. I thought I was kind of loony. But the whole thing was... Uh, what God does in the spiritual will always determine the natural. Blood doctor, everything normal. Heart doctor, everything normal. And all these doctors, everything normal. Why? Because the spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. And so the main thing I want you to see tonight before I give you one closing verse, as a matter of fact, what I got for you is a homework assignment for extra credit. <laughs> What's the extra credit? Well, you're in a Bible class right now. And the extra credit is all these things will show up in your life and Jesus gets the credit. And so the main thing I wanted you to see, not one time did I say it was wrong to pray for things. I said the thing is when he said it's yours, when you pray for it and grab that out of the word of God, you start thanking him because he says he's already done it. You start thanking him that he has. Can you see the difference? Amen. And, And if that sounds weird to you, that means you've been living a carnal life so long that this is a brand new territory. And so Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 16 through 21. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I just want you to see part of this. And then your homework assignment. For several days or for a season, every day. Every day, study these verses I'm giving you right now and begin to pray them. But I want you to see in verse 16, the Holy Spirit, through Paul, gave us these words. I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So he's talking about a prayer for believers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, now look at this, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. See the revelation? Remember I told you about revelation knowledge? Give you the spirit of wisdom. And this has already saved people. So don't, don't be so 
prideful that you say, well, I've already got that. Well, why would the Apostle Paul say he's praying that for people then? You don't have all you need. He said, spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I fed you a lot of knowledge of him tonight. He's already, through holy men of God, inspired these words. He's already past tense delivered you. He's past tense healed you. He's past tense met your, met your needs. And you got to know how to put it on. That's what we're teaching you. So he says, spirit of revelation, knowledge, the eyes of him. Now look at this. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That means your eyes, your spiritual eyes being open. When you read the Bible, all of a sudden, one day, you say, wow, I've been delivered. Woo, I've been delivered. Glory to God, I've delivered. Well, it may not have showed up yet, but now you sit. Now you're not praying for it anymore when you've already got it. You say, you, you see it. Glory to God, I'm healed. Praise the Lord. Well, I said, by his stripes I was healed. I'm healed. Well, then it won't be long. You'll be at the doctor. You'll do your blood test like I did all the stuff. And one day the doctor says, wow, look at these numbers. Look at these numbers. Look at these numbers. You know what that is? The spiritual determined the natural. Your eyes saw it. Your mouth spoke it. Your heart believed it. And then the doctor saw it. Amen. Amen. And so look at this prayer here. The eyes of your understanding have been enlightened that you may know. Was the hope of his calling? What the riches and glory of his inheritance? His inheritance? Your inheritance is you're saved, you're healed, you're delivered, your needs are met, and all the different things the Bible tells us is yours, it's yours. So anyway, start praying those prayers. Read those words slowly, study them, pray them, and your eyes will be open to see. Your spiritual mind will begin to understand and that every time people get around you, you're going to be a wealth of the wisdom of God. And people are going to say, did you go to Bible school? Are you a preacher? And say, no, I'm a believer and I go to church that teaches the Bible. Amen. Amen. That's all I've got. And you got all those stories for free. I hope they helped you. Amen. Josh, did you hear any new ones? You probably didn't, did you? Oh, man, he's been around. He was around a long time ago. <laughs> well, let's stand up. Amen. That's that's why that's why the gospel means good news. Amen. We all got some good news tonight. Amen. Amen. And when I get when I get to heaven, I'll get to see my good friend Howdy, that become born again Christian, a deacon in the Assembly of God Church, and he's in heaven now, and his wife. Amen. Isn't it wonderful to know? That instead of getting mad at people that don't know Jesus, we can be glad and get them into heaven with us. Amen. Uh, Mrs. Pastor, come on up. Leah. Have we got any other of the prayer altar team that's here? If we do, it's time to come up and help. Amen. Desiree, did you learn anything tonight? Did you get any new stories? Well, good. I'm always glad to hear that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we're going to close out like we always do. We're going to close out worshiping Jesus. And I want to tell you, everybody up here, I mean, you, you've all got the Holy Spirit that are born again. You've got, you've got it. But we're up here at a special time as representatives of Jesus and leadership that we're anointed and the gifts of the Spirit may work if needed. And so if you need something, if you've been fighting some kind of addiction, you know, who knows? It may be an addiction that's nothing was mentioned 
That's between you and God. Something got a stronghold on you. Come up here and, and, and say, hey, there's something that had a hold of me. You don't even have to tell us what it is. You tell Jesus. Had a hold of me. He knows. And I'd like prayer to break, break that thing off my life. And we'll do what the Bible says do. We'll take authority over those things, release the anointing, that you've got to go home and keep it. Amen. Or anything else you need, we're up here to help you. And God has already, Ephesians 1, 3, past tense, blessed you with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. Amen. Let's worship God and we got what you need. I will exalt
Facebook stuff, look at your notes, and always open your Bibles, whatever, whenever you hear the Word of God being preached or teached, always open your Bible and look at those verses with your own eyes, and uh, all I can say is that we've already been blessed to be a blessing, we just got to put it on and quit being beggars and start being thinkers, thanking Him for what He's done, and I'm going to pray, to, and then Tom's going to lose in our Barstool Faith Confession, this is an up and coming preacher here if you don't know it. Amen. This guy is just learning, growing, and he's walking with God. He's walking with God. This is a miracle guy, by the way, too. Yeah. He he was he was born. He was born with a bad liver, got a transplant with you. How old were you? Uh, two days before my first birthday. Two days before yeah, two days before my first birthday. <laughs> two days before his first birthday, liver transplant. And this this is God. Amen. Working in him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, let's pray that Thomas will lose that confession. Father, I want to thank you in the name of Jesus that the words I got to speak tonight from the Bible were the Bible. And you watch over your word to confirm it. You confirm your word with signs following. Thank you, Lord, for people get the revelation that your word is true. Get the revelation that you will do what you said you will do if we do what you told us to do. Lord, we're not beggars. We're thankful people. We're thanking you that you've already done your part. And we're going to do our part, Lord. We won't be selfish. We'll receive from you and we'll give to others what we receive, Lord. We just want to thank you in Jesus' name for a victorious Christian life for every family under our realm of influence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Thomas, let's go. Oh, sorry. All right, we declare that Barstow's a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. See you guys Wednesday.